My message tonight is taken from the Song of Songs, chapter 2, and uh, we've been uh, looking at uh, two songs in this chapter, and I want to finish uh, to make a trilogy tonight, uh, a third song. So we've looked at uh, the uh, spring song, uh, my beloved spoke and said to be rise up my love, my fair one, and come away for the winter is past. And last time we were in this, we looked at the banqueting house, verse 4. And now we're going to look at verse 3, which is a song about an apple tree. Uh, now, if you're interested in music, and this is a book of love songs, Solomon composed these love songs uh, to his bride-to-be, the Shulamites. But of course, we're taking it as an allegory, a picture of the love between us, the bride of Jesus Christ, and him, our Solomon. But if you're interested in music, some of the best songs are found in groups of three. There are trilogies. Uh, there are trilogies of albums. In literature, there are trilo famous trilogies of books. In art, there are triptychs, trilogies of works of art. So we've got to really complete uh, this and make it a trilogy by looking at Jesus Christ, the apple tree. Uh, that's what uh, the Shulamite is doing in verse 3. Like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. So all I want to do tonight, without over-spiritualizing, I know there's a danger of doing that, is look at an apple tree, especially an apple tree in Palestine at the time, and see how that applies to our beloved Jesus Christ. And do you, do you know what? Jesus Christ is the key that opens up every part of the Word of God. If I can't find Jesus Christ in the Word, I'm not reading it right. So let, let's look at this. Now, some commentators say it can't be an apple tree because the climate in Israel is far too hot and dry to have apple trees. But actually, the original does say an apple tree. It doesn't say an apricot tree, as some people think. It says an apple tree. And the climate does change over time. And I think it's right to say, uh, centuries ago, the climate was uh, wetter in certain parts of the world where it is drier now. So it's not impossible for this to be an apple tree like the apple trees we are familiar with. But also, there are apple trees and apple trees, aren't there? I think I've used this as an illustration in a children's talk. Um, if you go to India in October, you have what is called custard apples, which are much bigger than our apples, and they're like uh, seeds with this liquidy, uh, sweet, custardy stuff around them, which gives them their names. So we don't know whether this apple tree is that kind of apple or the apple that we find in British uh, trees. But it doesn't matter. Uh, all I want to ask is what's true of the apple tree that's also true of our saviour? Well, to begin with, the apple tree, and I have done some reading here. I'm not into um, gardening and things like that by temperament, but I've read a few commentaries, and it is said of the apple tree that it's the king of all the citrus and the fruit trees. Isn't that good? It's the king of all of those fruit trees. And isn't that true of our Lord and Saviour, 
Jesus Christ. Tony read from Colossians this morning in the communion. Well, earlier on in Colossians, this is how Jesus Christ is described. Uh, I've got a book and it says of Jesus, he's my next door saviour. Well, he is in a way, but he's not like my best buddy, is he? He's much more than that. He's the king, the king of the forest. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he's before all things and in him all things consist. And he has the preeminence, like the apple tree, standing tall among all the other fruit trees. Don't you want to worship Jesus this evening? Jesus Christ, the King of kings. We can't, we can't be too far in our obedience to Jesus Christ. Our danger is that we're too excessive with other things. Oh, may we be all out for King Jesus. So that's one thing that's true of the apple tree. What else is true of the apple tree in comparison to other trees? Don't you agree with this now? An apple tree is beautiful, isn't it? I, I think I've got one apple tree left in the man's garden because somebody came a few weeks ago to chop some trees down. And there were two apple trees and I think one is still standing. I'll have to check. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's not true of every tree. What did the Shulamite say later on in the Song of Songs? I've already quoted these words in my prayer. Yea, he is altogether lovely. Don't you want to see Jesus with the eye of faith tonight and see one who, who is beautiful? How beautiful the sight of thee must be. And then look at this apple tree. This is very, very significant. Like an apple tree among the trees of the woods. Where is this apple tree? This apple tree isn't growing in an orchard. Um, if you go uh, up to North Wales uh, through the marches, that is the border country, you will travel through Herefordshire and you've got loads of orchards in Herefordshire. Very ornate places, orchards. This apple tree isn't in an orchard. This apple tree isn't in a back garden. This apple tree is growing in a forest. Have you ever seen an apple tree grow in the wild, in the forest before? I've never seen an apple tree in the woods. And when you look at an apple tree, not among other fruit trees, but among other trees like the oak tree or the pine tree, the apple tree is dwarfed by them, isn't it? And isn't there something here about Jesus Christ, even though he's the king of kings? Where is Jesus Christ found? Where is Jesus Christ found in the world? Where was he found 2,000 years ago when he came from heaven? He wasn't found in heaven, was he? He was found in a stable, in a wild place. And where did he go after he was born in Bethlehem? He went to Nazareth. What was the proverb? Can any good thing come out of Galilee, where Nazareth was? And when Jesus Christ started his public ministry, do you know where he chose as his base? Uh, God willing, I'll be going to Israel in a few months' time, and I hope to see this. 
He didn't choose Jerusalem as his base. That's what we would have done. We would have chosen the capital city. He didn't even choose Nazareth, which is a big town. He chose Capernaum. And if you go to Capernaum today, it's, it's nowhere, as it were. It's a small, insignificant place, even in comparison to Nazareth. And that's saying something, isn't it? In the wild. In the wild. And when he started his ministry, who did he call to be his apostles? Fishermen? Tax collectors? What was the kind of person that was attracted to him? Sinners? Prostitutes? Oh, my friends, this apple tree is not found in an ornate place. It's found in a wild forest. And what about what we've been remembering over this weekend? Let me read these words. These are Spurgeon's words. They're a bit flowery, if you pardon the pen. But he says this. Ah, and what strange trees this tree grew among. For there it stands with a gallows tree on either side and two thieves hanging upon them. He was numbered with the transgressors. Not among you, O cedars of Lebanon, not among you, O mighty oaks, but among the bushes of the desert, amongst the trees, accursed was Jesus found. He made his grave with the wicked. Wow. The king of kings, his greatest work was to hang on an accursed cross where he wrote our redemption. And when he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and sent his spirit, what kind of people did he choose? Again, it was a backslider, Peter, who was restored, that preached the first sermon on the day of Pentecost. We wouldn't have chosen somebody like that, would we? We would either have written him off or we would have said he needs time to get back among things. We would have waited decades probably. In our land of Wales, where did he come to in Holy Spirit's visitation? Llangeitho, 18th century. Have you been to Llangeitho? It's in the middle of nowhere. And yet, two, three hundred years ago, there were tens of thousands of people crowding to Llangeitho. Have you ever been to Aspatiastwith? Blink and you miss it. It's on the way to Aberystwyth. 1859, he came in the power of his spirits to a nobody, David Morgan in Aspatiastwyth. David Morgan was so rubbish a preacher, when people heard that there was a revival in Aspatiastwyth, they said it must be of God because he can't preach. That, oh, my friends, this Jesus Christ, this apple tree, you won't find him with the big wigs in the ornate gardens, in the orchards. You'll find him in the wild places. And I love that. I love him because he makes himself known, not to the high and mighty, but to the weak and to the lowly. And then there's something else about this apple tree growing in a forest. What's that? 
well, it's quite a simple statement. If I had somebody help themselves to the apples in my apple tree, in my back garden, they'd be trespassing, wouldn't they? Because that apple tree is growing on private ground. Now, you're probably welcome to help yourself to those apples because it's church property. But it's private ground to everybody else. But if an apple tree is growing in the woods, in the wild, it's not private, is it? It's not enclosed. Anybody can come and help themselves to those apples. And what I'm trying to say here is this. There are no boundaries when it comes to Jesus Christ. He's not enclosed. How can I find Jesus Christ? I don't have to uh, trespass, as it were, in order to go to him. Uh, I was uh, hearing something uh, that Tavi Ebenezer shared a few years ago. He met once a man uh, who was a drunkard, and uh, he spoke to this man and invited him to church. And this man said, ah, I used to come to church, but then I was told I couldn't come to church unless I cleaned myself up. And Tavi was trying to say to him, oh no, you don't have to do that. You can come to church as you are. There are no limits as to who can come to Jesus Christ. And incidentally, coming to church isn't the same as coming to Jesus Christ. Coming to Christ is something that we all can do. Uh, what did the hymnist say? Just as I am, thy love unknown has broken every barrier down. There's no fence. We can come as we are. Aren't you glad? I, I walked past a church uh, the other day, and I was quite tickled by this. It's quite sad, actually, but it did tickle me as well. It said, gospel service. This is where the good news is declared. And I was walking past when this was happening, and the door was locked. It must have been locked. The gate was locked, and people were in there. I could hear them singing. Well, dear me, what's the point of having a gospel if I'm locked out from hearing it? This apple tree is not locked in a garden or an orchard. It's growing wild. And wild sinners, tame sinners, whoever you are, can come and believe in Jesus. I, I, I find that amazing. There are no barriers so those are some of the things that are true of this apple tree, that are true of Jesus Christ. And then let's hurry on to look at the effect. Like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. What's one effect? This is one effect. I sat down in his shade with great delights. Now, unfortunately, our secretary has given away where I'm going on holiday. <laughs> so I'm not going to be safe. But God willing, I'm hoping to get tomorrow morning to Noidat, a wild peninsula in the northwest highlands of Scotland. And if the weather's anything like it's been today, I am greatly hoping that in the heat of the afternoon, I'm going to be able to find a tree to sit under. Don't you know what I'm referring to? Uh, even those of you who don't walk that much, you know what it's like to be outside on a hot afternoon like we've had today. And the first thing you want is to have some shade. 
Isn't it refreshing just to find something that you can sit under its shade? I think I've mentioned this before. When we go to Andhra Pradesh in South India, there is one village. I'll never forget this village. Uh, we go to the chapel uh, that has only been built in the last few years, a simple stone building, uh, whitewashed. Oh, it's a lovely place, surrounded by wooded hills. And in the middle of this village near the chapel is a big, not apple tree, but a terebinth tree. Have you seen a terebinth tree? They're very short, but they're very wide, very wide bows. And you can sit under a terebinth tree, right? And this is true. Uh, termites like to nest under a terebinth tree for some reason. And if the termite nests have been vacated by termites, uh, the cobra likes to make a nest in them. But as long as there's no termite nests, you can sit under a terebinth tree and the terebinth tree attracts the breeze. This is true now. It attracts the breeze. And it's so cool. Even in Indian heat, it's cool. And isn't this right about Jesus Christ? Um, I don't know how to explain this, but I find as a preacher, and I find as one who has to sit in a congregation sometimes, that whenever Jesus Christ is lifted, it refreshes my soul. I don't get refreshed in soul when I hear about methods of church governments. I'm sorry if I'm offending somebody, but it doesn't do anything to my soul if, if I hear about Presbyterianism or Congregationalism or something along those lines. But if a preacher tells me something about Jesus and his love to a sinner, ooh, it's like an oasis in the desert. You know, I've mentioned visitations of the spirits tonight, revivals. It's often when preachers are not preaching on revival, but preaching Christ, lifting Christ and Christ crucified, that the breezes of the Spirit come. Now, what happens when you're sitting under a tree and it's a shade? What's happening? Well, the tree is taking the heat instead of you, isn't it? I know I'm being a bit simplistic here, <laughs> but the tree is taking the heat. Uh, listen to this hymn. I found it in a Spurgeon sermon. Uh, I think this is great. Think of God's wrath as the heat. We all deserve the righteous anger of God. Who can stand before a holy God? None of us can. But under Christ, the shade, when Christ, my screen, is interposed between the sun and me, my joyful heart and lips worship this glorious tree. Aren't you glad that you're hiding under the cross of Calvary with Jesus Christ hanging there, bearing the heat of God's wrath? A top lady put it brilliantly, the terrors of law and of God with me can have nothing to do. My Saviour's obedience and blood hide all my transgressions from view. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. And then what else is true about this tree? It doesn't just provide shade, protection from the righteous anger of God, the heat of his wrath. Listen, I sat down under his shade with great delight and his fruits were sweet to my taste. Uh, oh, on a hot summer's afternoon, maybe many a tree will provide shade. But what happens if you're hungry? Uh, if you're hungry, uh, you can't eat uh, 
from a pine tree, can you? <laughs> Have you ever? Don't, no, no, don't try it. Uh, if you're hungry, uh, you, you can't, I don't think you can eat the acorn from an oak tree. But what about an apple from an apple tree? Isn't it sweet and crisp? Um, Mr. Spurgeon again, I'm sorry, he's spoken to me and I want to share with you. There are many trees in the forest and they all have their uses. But when one is hungry and faint and thirsty, the forest trees yield no succor. We must look elsewhere. If, however, in the midst of the wood we discover an apple tree, he there finds the refreshments which he needs, his thirst is quenched, and his hunger is removed. And this isn't just something objective. Oh, there's something personal here. I sat down in his shade with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. My friends, I want to bear witness to my Saviour, and I want to say, I've tried all the other things that this world has had to offer, and they've left me completely dry but one taste of Jesus Christ. Oh, that's enough. Have you tasted that the Lord is gracious? Have you? And if you have, have you gone back to him and again and again taken from the nourishment that Jesus Christ has to give? There is nowhere else we can find succor, nourishment for our souls. I, I must come to a conclusion. It's a sultry evening. I don't want to be too long. I, I preached, I think I preached on this apple tree in the Bible study when we went through Song of Songs. And I may have preached on it about four years ago in this church. But then after that, I preached somewhere in West Wales on it. And the next time I was preaching in this place, somebody gave me this piece of paper. And they said to me, did you realise that in New Hampshire, in North America, and New Hampshire's famous for its um, trees, because in the fall, the trees, the colour of the trees in New Hampshire are quite something. And in the uh, 18th century, there was a revival in New, New Hampshire, and a man called Joshua Smith, I've never heard of him. Has anybody heard of him, Joshua Smith? He wrote this hymn, and I just want to read it out. Uh, I never, never realised this existed. Oh, can you say this of Jesus Christ? The tree of life my soul hath seen, laden with fruit and always green the trees of nature fruitless be compared with christ the apple tree isn't that good his beauty doth all things excel by faith i know but ne'er can tell the glory which i now can see in jesus christ the apple tree for happiness I long have sought, and pleasure dearly I have bought. I missed of all, but now I see it's found in Christ, the apple tree. I'm weary with my former toil. Here I will sit and rest a while. Under the shadow I will be of Jesus Christ, the apple tree. This fruit doth make my soul to thrive. It keeps my dying faith alive, which makes my soul in haste to be with Jesus Christ, the apple tree. Don't you long for Sundays 
when we don't want to leave because we're sitting under the shade of Jesus Christ, the apple tree, and we're being so nourished by the sweet sense of his love that we don't want to go anywhere else. Don't you long for such times? How sweet the name of Jesus is in a believer's ear. It soothes his sorrows, heals his wounds, and drives away his fear. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I, I get so confused with all the things that are happening in evangelicalism. Don't you? Can't keep up. Can't keep up. And then I read, have you heard about Johnny Appleseed? Have you heard about Johnny Appleseed? Uh, I came across him reading a Ray Bradbury science fiction novel. So I don't know if there was such a man as Johnny Appleseed. But apparently, Johnny Appleseed was in a children's story. And this man didn't do much. He only did one thing. Do you know what he did? He walked across North America planting apple trees. And it just made me think, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm not going to get bogged down with all the complexities. I'm just going to go around planting apple seed. Do you know what I'm getting at? I can't sort out the mess we're in. Neither can you. Only Christ can. But what you and I have are the seeds. And that seed is the word and Jesus Christ is the word. And so what are we going to do? This is what I'm going to do. You can join me if you want. For the rest of my life, I'm just going to sow that seed and leave it with God so that in his time apple trees may grow people may hear this gospel of Jesus Christ and respond in faith and then Christ is born in them and then they tell others about this same saviour and the same effect happens don't you want that to happen uh, I'll finish here. Lindsay Brown, uh, I was moved in the Banner of Truth conference when Lindsay Brown spoke and he shared about uh, one man. Uh, this man uh, was a godly man and he went, this was early 20th century, I think, maybe end of the 19th century. He went as a missionary to an island in the South Pacific that had headhunters. Very dangerous. And for 20, 30 years, he spent the rest of his life sowing the seed, preaching the gospel to these headhunters. And as far as he could tell, no one responded. No one came to faith in Jesus Christ. And he knew their language. He was a gifted man. More than that, he was a godly, spirit-filled man. Nobody, nobody came to faith. And so the Missionary Society, after this man died... They sent a younger man there. And after two years, there was a revival. 
nearly all the inhabitants became Christians. And this young chap couldn't even speak the language. <laughs> and he went to see the chief, the tribal chief, and he asked, you had this man of God with you for 20, 30 years who even could speak your language and you didn't respond to the gospel. Why all of a sudden have you all responded after I've been only a year or so? And this is what the tribal chief said. Well, he said, we listened to this godly man and he told us about a hope, a hope in death, a hope for eternity, and we wanted to see if it was true. So we waited till he died. And when he died, full of hope, we knew it was true. And we all turned to his God and Saviour. You see, all that missionary had done for the rest of his life, 20, 30 years, was so appleseed. And in God's time, a forest of apple trees grew on that island as many were saved. I don't know whether we are going to have a sowing time or a reaping time, but does it matter? As long as the seed is sown. The church, in a way, is in danger of getting distracted with everything else. But lifting Jesus Christ up. So that's why, for the remainder of my life, I'm going to be sowing apple seeds. May we all be such a people for his namesake. Amen. <laughs>